Hi guys, I've been suppressed in my helloing. We're to back. So so <laughs> suppressed. We are back, everybody. Oh, back, back, back. Back we, and on the attack. Right, we're back like we've never left. Of course. Back and ready to fight some crack. Oh. Of the okay. enemy. I'm trying <laughs> to just say things that rhyme. Well, the cameraman are giving me weird looks. Yes, yeah. that one was a little weird. Anywho, hello, yeah. friends. I'm projecting. You got my them voice laughing today. at the end again. <laughs> yes, it's the same cameraman as we have for open eyes. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, this cameraman here doesn't seem to be moving. That's much. the Holy this Spirit. This not laughing yeah. at all. There's oh, no one wow. on that camera. That's just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jesus himself. Oh, well, of course we got to open Roman. up with much laughter as we miss you guys. We yes, miss everyone. We're back. Your mom's on. Is she? Yay. Now can I just hey, say, hey, she's please tell her hey, because she was what bugging me. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. When's Portals just, coming on? When's she just portals? got on and she just said, yay, Portals. Dr. Robin's Comments Look, are disappearing there it is there. I see it now. It's for real, man. It's real. We have a true... She should get the number one fan award. She will. We'll send her a we'll. trophy oh, in the yeah. mail. <laughs> yes. Let's do It'll it. It'll be a your dead mug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what happens when you watch Portals. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Thanks, Nate. Yes. We need to... We need to for, speaking of mugs, we need to put some merch... We're going to say hello portals. to a few people. Let's do it. Come on, Dr. Robin, do it. 25 people so far. Wow. Yeah, this is they the time. Leslie, Jay, the people are telling us this uh, is the time. That's not what okay, listen. <laughs> Leslie, Chavez, Celeste, Jihei, Sonia. Haji. And then we have Alexandra. Oh, wow. Then we have John Roman. Oh, and hey, we John. have Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. Souffle yams. Who is that? I can't. It's the identity of this person ah, must remain secret. Oh, it's hidden. All right. Then we have Vanessa, and then we have uh, Alexander. Alexander. Then we have Tony Cassis. He's oh. come on board too. Uh, Pastor, I'll give you a clue for souffle yams. She's all about that base. 
No trouble. You don't get it? <laughs> now, I must be sleepy today. I yeah. really You'll don't get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. I just I got, feel a collision I just got coming too on. much <laughs> you know, sleepy, sleepiness today. I'm doing it by faith. All right. Then we got Diana Bood, and then Hi. we've got, uh, we did Vanessa. Hi. Then we got G. We've already done her. We got Lisa. Hi. She's there. And then we've got. Uh, I'm a Lisa. Who else we have? Yeah. We had Jackie That's Quest. Where we we're Jackie heading. Quest. Yep. You guys um, take over. All right, guys. We Virginia gonna... Pike. Oh, we have Virginia. Then we on. got Omar. Omar. Who's that? Oh, John. We said John. And then we have. I don't have our master list. Only Dr. Anyone Ronald's. else? Facebook does this thing it. where it doesn't let me see everybody, but it lets Man, you see. Man, look everybody. at all these people giving nut parts for oh, it. Oh, they missed us. They look truly at it. Did. They missed us, mate. Look at all this. I thought my button got stuck, but it's actually people doing that. Uh, it? yeah. It's not you doing it, it's yeah. others. It's others. We have faces coming up. Where's your the hands? Love. Look, they're still happening. Thank you, guys. That is I got my hands up, look like this, and it's just pouring out with love. The heart. love. The love is pouring the love out. Is pouring very out. good. Thank, Thank you. you. We, we definitely need the love to get yeah, us through this. We're one. very, very tired. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So. The last portal we had was Flattery No More. That was uh -huh. a good portal. That was a good portal. That was nearly eight weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. We took a little while hiatus. ago now. Two months of portal break. Yeah, and we, we we've to. got um, Amanda Grace. Amanda. Amanda Chris. Chris. She's on uh, Hallelujah. She's Amanda Grace. Yeah, she's, she's a full Not of that Grace. Amanda Grace. Amanda <laughs> Chris. She just got. Baptized today. Congratulations. Congratulations. She did. She got baptized. Got some very good words too. Actually, we had about how many people in our you church said in 20, Sydney? right? Roughly. It was about 15, I think. Oh. Yeah. What? No, there was 12. 12. 11 or 12. 12 disciples, 12 people. And there's a new baptized. person. Who's this one? That's Tabitha. 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 Hello, Tabitha. And we had 12 people get baptized in our church in Sydney. Uh -huh. And yeah. they all got words. And I think it was 12. A very, very big um, arrangement of ages from little yeah. kids to people that have been in the faith but wanted to be baptized in what we call the apostolic baptism. It's a bit mm. different. Because mm, mm. it gets bap you get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Pastor Tony's talked about that on Portals before about yes. the. Theology. You need to do a theology talks on that one about the difference between what? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ because people don't understand the difference sometimes. I feel a collision moment coming on. Oh, you Lord. feel it? Go ahead. Let it express. You have to let it express. And tonight we're going to talk on something that I believe is important and the Lord has been impressing it upon me that every time I hear something come up to do with maybe a little, you know, um, break in something or a little snitch, you know. Mm -hmm. But this time I felt the Lord was saying, this is what needs to be said. Mm. 
and that is the interrupting argument is needed here with another perspective that people will give somebody else a choice to have interaction with another choice, you know, or another perspective. Mm. And I don't know about you, but this is something that's been missing in so many relationships. It's always got to be that one way. Mm. And when you continually have something going the one way, you'll end up arguing because you think there's no way to get what you believe. And if you're not thinking that you're wrong mm. and you're not getting it right, then you start to kick back in a little rebellion oh. because it's like I can't get rid of what I'm this impression or this perspective that I have. And you're trying to tell me that it's rebellion, but I'm trying to say I don't quite see it the way you do. That mm. isn't rebellion. Yeah, that came from... Um, I was talking with Pastor Robin a while back and um, I just started my... Uh, part of my doctorate, one of the courses is um, uh, psychology... And Christian counseling and the diff and how the world's concept of psychology has some truths to it because you know we never want to discount anything, throw the baby out with the bathwater. That saying, but yeah. Mm. And then um, also how we can apply that to kind of a biblical perspective. And um, so I was talking to Pastor Robin about interrupting argument and what it is and how it works in the brain and like that mental process and also the psychological aspect of it. Um, Mine was more to do with the perspective. Yeah, she but says it, perspective, which I like. But I think which is, is, is yeah. exactly the same thing. But I like the fact that we, you called it the interrupting argument because that's what Jesus did. He yeah. came with an interrupting argument. Yeah. With and, the um, disciples. It's actually, you know, we'll, we'll kick it off by saying this. Um, if you don't think that you're ever wrong, you actually have a shorter lifespan. Like, because your brain's capacity to be at its optimal functional rate, you have to constantly be taking in new information for That's your brain to survive. so important. And so, so self-righteousness and staying in that one perspective... People that never question themselves on being, could I be wrong in this? They don't live long. So let's start. And that's, that would definitely not stimulate the brain to move. Very good. We got a comment that said, wait, uh, what? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I'll just say that, this. That's from Virginia. I'll just say this. Um, the father is the only one who gets to say, in his mind, I'm never wrong. Yeah. Because he yeah. lives forever. Amen. It's an eternal perspective. See, this is what you have to understand. To never be wrong can only come through an eternal perspective when you have the eternal body that you'll get. Because sin has corrupted us, that perspective we will never, ever get on this earth until we get to our glorified state. Because that's the Father's state. In his mind, there is no wrong. In his mind, there is no chance of not having the right thinking. Mm. So he's the only one that gets to say, I'm, I'm not wrong in this, ever. 
And it's not because he's bragging, it's because it's the truth. But when we try to assume that kind of place prematurely, our brain is not created to stand in that position because we're not yet in our glorified state. So that's why it's a very, very dangerous road because Satan wants to kill us by getting us to think that we are right and we are our own answer and that we don't need to take in new information. We don't need to learn from others. We can just think what we want to think by ourselves and that's it. So, yeah, you live longer when you question yourself every day. If you can wake up and in a situation assess and go, wow, could I be wrong in this? Is there another point of view that I'm missing? Can I take on new information? Maybe I'm not seeing it from this way. Maybe I need to listen to that person. Like, you know, maybe I need to shut my mouth. we've, We've had so many in not just in the church, but if you look at Christianity, there is just so much destruction to do with, you know, even uh, to do with families and such because uh, if you don't agree with the family, then you're not being faithful or you're not being loyal or you're not, um, <coughs> you know, be going their way. You're not going their way. But the Lord made you and he didn't make you the image of someone else, he made you the image of himself. If he made you the image of himself, then uh, the only one you really agree with is him. But what I wanted to bring, if you want to wait until we come back, all right, let's yes, do it. Let's we'll start. To whet your appetite with the truth. I'm gonna make this intro very quickly. You ready? Go for it. Hello, everyone. Here right now, I am your host, Shanannies, and joining me, we have Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello, everybody. Pastor Tony Cassis. Hello. And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi. Wow, that was the Alexandra version. <laughs> right. Concise and Glory straight to the point. How you say yeah. Glory? Uh, uh, there we go. So I, I was saying it's so important for us to see what you said about the, having uh, another you know, worldview, another idea, another perspective. And here's the key. The key is that the Lord made us that way. Yeah. You know, we, we can't all be the same. We would die. If we didn't have variety, we would die. You know, in the world they say variety is the spice of life. Yeah. And uh, it... It is in a way, but they use it for different reasons. But it is, it is like the spice of life because yeah. uh, it's bringing forward something that challenges your brain to think in a different way. Um, and so therefore, when you think this way, you turn around and you think, Okay, it's not a case of me being wrong and you being right, you being right and me being wrong. It's, hang on, there could be more to this than I'm seeing. 
And that's the important thing here. And I, I just wanted to start with something that happened to me to give you really an idea of how important it is to be have you, you know a perspective that you see. Now I was coming to church one day, and uh, I w had a um, I didn't have a lift. It was just an ordinary tax yellow taxi, and it picked us up. And Nate was with us, and Christy was in the car as well. And as we were driving along, um, it was quite a trip all the way down to Jazz Gallery. And as we were driving along, um, the, the taxi driver said, so what nationality are you? What, what is the language? You know, you talk different. And I said, we talk English. He said, no, not quite, <laughs> not like they do here. I know, I said, we're Australian. Okay, and he asked us, so why are you here? And of course, it went into the conversation of being a Christian, having a church, the whole thing came out. And then he said, so you're Christian? And we said, yeah. And I said, so what are you? And he said, I'm a Muslim. And I said, well, okay. And he said, look, I tried that, reading the Bible. I tried one time trying to understand, but he said, it always contradicts itself. And I, I said, my comment was, Lord, what do you want me to do with this one? Do I take it on or do I let it just drop? Right. And uh, the Lord impressed us that we were to take it on. And so he said to me, not, he said, I said, yeah, but it's the Holy Spirit that writes it. It was man's just, you know, got different ideas, you know, what they see. He said, what do you mean? And I said, well, there's a building up ahead right now. I said, how many people in this car? And he said, there's four. And that's what it was. So I said, well... Why don't we all look at that building right now and see what we see? He said, what are you doing? And I said, look, I'll show you. People's perspectives are different. So we looked at the building, <laughs> Shania, and uh, when we went past her, I said, so we all gave what we were focusing on in that, at that building. And we all had different ideas. One of us had, oh, wow, it has a lot of windows. Another one said, a lot of light would come in because of all that. And, oh, it's a tall one. And do you understand? And possibly what it was made of, right? And so anyhow, um, I said to him, I said, so that's the building. Not one of us were wrong in telling what that building was. We saw the windows, we saw the light, we saw the size of it, we saw what it was made of. Not one of us was wrong. But yet we all had different perspective on what we saw. And uh, he said, he thought it for a minute, and I said, 
That's exactly what happened with the disciples. Each one of them saw something different. It wasn't contradiction. It was just their perspective on what they saw. And you know what he turned around and said to me? He said, that makes more sense than I've heard for a long time. He said, I've never wanted to, but maybe I will now take a chance and read this Bible again. Yay for the taxi driver. So, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that's turning around and saying, they're just just hypocrites, you know, just contradicting all the time. But nobody took it on. It's a challenge to say, well, you don't have to have the same view as I do. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. We Mm. just see it differently. I am excited to unpack this because you were in a counseling session once. Which one? Oh, there were. <laughs> There's a few of them that I've been in. what, every day it's like. Well, it was a council slash turning into a portal, and you were bringing out this perspective that really healed my perception of how things are in myself and how we relate to one another. So I am excited to draw that out because I did write down those gems in case you forgot. And I hope that you would love to touch into it because you were describing the disciples, which will bring that out more as the conversation goes. Yeah. And and things like that. Pastor Nate brings out all the scientific and even the body, how it works with it. So why don't we get you to bring something out on that? Yeah, um, from the disciples' perspective, um, something that I'm learning right now is called the DISC profile. And what that is is um, basically every Christian counsellor... Now, disclaimer, this is not the same as uh, categorising through a a resource known as the Enneagram. We've done a lot of portals on the Enneagram. Okay, the Enneagram was founded by a Brazilian spiritist who has not the Holy Spirit and who was void of the Holy Spirit and believed in Carl Jung's Dark Shadows of the Mind and Freud's and all those theories. So different school of thought, all right? Um, This school of thought is kind of understanding that while we are individual, because we need the body god allows us to have in similarity the same kind of characteristics because if we didn't have some kind of uh category i wouldn't say category but some kind of i'm going to use the word tribe all right tribe that we belong to that we can assimilate with we would find it very hard to feel accepted because if we're just an individual without a tribe we would feel like a, um, a vagabond and a wanderer. So, and that's what a lot of people in the world feel like. They stand firm in their individuality, but they don't feel like they have their tribe, yeah. you know, their group. And their, the group is important. We talked about uh, breaking away from the group being important, but now it's also important to find your group because when you find your group where God has made you and placed you, that will help to bring out all of the characteristics that he put within you. And iron sharpens iron, gold refined by gold. So this always comes back to the need relationally why we need people. 
So while I, why I say that is because the D-I-C-S is, it's like the four first letters of the word disciple. And so uh, what they've done is they've said, right, there are four main categories of, you know, human personality. And people will fit within those categories. Now, the difference between the Enneagram and the D-I-C-S, uh, um, sorry, D-I-S-C, my bad, D-I-S-C, um, is that the Enneagram says that because my behavior is this way, my identity is this way. Yeah. So I will forever be this way because I behave according to no. this model. But the DISC says, my behavior presents this way, but it's not who I am completely. Yeah. And my behavior is adaptable. So if you're a D, which you are, when speaking with you, I can learn to communicate on a D level. I can't be an A you or know, a B or no, a C. Sorry. Oh, sorry. But be if a you're, um, you know, if you're more, which I'll Four just let down, you know, mate. you're more like a C, you know, you're more into like the, the process and the details and you like things to be fitted so that everyone can get a well-rounded perspective and it's not just about the one person, you know, um, then I can learn to communicate with you on the that C level. I'm not limited because I'm a one or a two or a three or a four, like the Enneagram would say. Yeah. Well, that, you're that a four and that means you don't respond to conflict very well. So therefore, you're not going to be good in very, you know, confronting situations. Right. So the DISC teaches as we learn more about who others are, we learn more about who we are because the body needs the body. And then by learning that, we can adapt. And that's what Jesus did. When Jesus sat down and talked with Matthew, he talked from the perspective of the S, which is all about security mm. and all about showing that the plan is secure. You know, Matthew was a tax collector. Um, he was into the details. He was into, you know, all of the numbers adding up. Now, when he spoke with John, John wasn't like that. John was what you call, you know, an I. He and was up in the heavens. Yeah, and it, <laughs> eyes can sometimes present as impetuous, but that's because they follow spontaneity better. Yeah. Very much because so. they're more interested in the spontaneous moment, um, giving God that perspective of being interruptible. So we need eyes because they teach us to be interruptible. Whereas a D is the person that's like Mark, you know, very bottom liner. Like, you know, I don't need to know how much it costs. You know, I just need to know when to be there, what to do and what to do when I show up. Don't give me all the story about how, you know, meet this person on the road and then blah and then then talk to this person and then that'll that'll lead to you know the kingdom of heaven being furthered like this no 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 just give me the bottom line right and we need those people in the kingdom because the seas like you know who luke is who was a physician very detail oriented very detail oriented but the seas can tend to get caught in he the details a man. yeah face of a man but the but the seas can get caught in the details so much so that the details plague them because yeah. that becomes their, you know, they have a saying, and I said it in Kingdom Emotions, any strength that you overuse will become a weakness. It, it does. You know? So Luke, his strength is details, but if he relies on details only and wants to be around detailed people only, that will be the thing that stumbles his life because it'll be a weakness. Because that's the type he was. Yeah. 
That's what, and being being a doctor, that's the way he he was. That's the way he was. Being a disciple didn't stop him having that attitude that he had and that perspective because he was a doctor. Yeah. Doctors see, right, this is what's going on. This is what will fix it, right, and here's the prescription for it. And so, so Jesus sat with all four men and was able to communicate with them on all four levels. He did. You know, it's like if I put Abraham in the room with Moses and then I put, like, you know, Moses in the room with Ezekiel and Ezekiel in the room with Daniel, they're all going to have different perspectives of how they encountered God. And some of them could even get into arguments because their personalities would clash. Because yeah. what's important to Moses is not important to Abraham. And what's important to Ezekiel is not as what's important to Daniel. And God allows it that way because he wants us to lean on each other to expand, here we go, our worldview. Because it's very important to understand that worldview as perspective as what Dr. Right. Robin calls it, is what we will live our lives out of. So the first 20 years we will spend developing our worldview psychologically. That's what you, you know, said, didn't we'll, you? We'll learn about the world. We'll learn about how we fit in the world. We'll learn about, Why don't you we know, let pastors say that? That so kind of perspective. Give him a go because that's something he shared with us yeah. the other night. You were saying that when I shared that with you, you, you were feeling that that was really apparent. Yeah, like I'm in that stage where you look back, not... Yeah not sort of forward, and you reflect and go, oh, my God, what have I done with my life? <laughs> Why don't you go from the beginning, the different years? I think it was Nate that revealed Yeah, no, it. I shared it with you. The first 20 years are building the worldview, constructing it, yeah. and then the next 40 years living are it. living from that worldview. Yes. So that's why when you turn 20, psychologically, something happens where now you're not just forming the worldview. You want to live. Yeah. You want to live what you've, like, you know, built. Yeah. And it's all about being independent and getting out there and trying it. Truly. You know? And then the moment you turn around, like, uh, 59, 60, something changes psychologically and you start saying, I don't just want to live. I want to see the fruit yeah. of what I've lived. Yeah. And yeah. so your brain changes into a different place of assessing. Yeah. So the first 20 years of building... The next 40 years are living and then the last usually 20 to 40 years because every generation is nearly like, you know, at least 80 years is to assess, hang on, what has living from my worldview brought into my life as fruit? That's why a lot of like when you sit down with a lot of wiser people, they have a perspective of looking back and going, well, you know, I wish I could have chosen this better. And I think also they look back at their perspective and they think, well, maybe um, I could do something about it now because it seems like I've been missing out, not growing in this to allow my perspective to grow in it, you see. Now, I want to bring that Jesus came and he came with this very interrupting argument because the disciples had this idea of how it was going to be done. Yeah. They were, he was going to come as a king. Mm-hmm. 
And he was going to fight the Romans and free them. And what did he do? He came as a baby and he brought this message which was all about love. And man, that started a war of emotion because, no, he brought an interrupting argument that they didn't want because they had their perspective on how this was going to be done. And so they were all ready to stick to this one world view and they thought Jesus was going to enhance it or to justify it or whatever he was going to do. But when he came as a babe, grew up, did the whole scene that man does, us, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. So there was, from that moment on, there was disputes. There was disputes. Such things like, why are you allowing this woman to store that perfume? How much that, that cost? So everything was stirring and stirring and stirring because God was trying to show them that the, no one is the same and that's what makes us unique. And if they had but just listened to what he had to say, they would have allowed that interrupting in their worldview. It, and, I, it, and what I called, it, like Pastor said, interrupting argument. An argument that came, not a fight, but an argument. A disagreement, another perspective that could change. Yeah, when we say argument, you know, the word there is like, in the psychological aspect, it's like an, an introduction of an outside thought. You know, it's not literally an argument. Like Paul says in, you know, 2 Corinthians 10, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, including imaginations and arguments. Yeah. Now, that word argument means thought processes, ways of thinking. And Pastor Tony, I want him to share on this because we find in the book of Genesis that the Lord said it is not good for the world to have one world view okay. at the, you know, at the Tower of Babel because without the unity of the Spirit, and I think this is important to understand, we think that um, agreement is unity, you that, know. And that's that good, guys, if you're not, listening. It's not. And we think that agreement and everyone getting along... And all of those things have to come so we can be in unity. But if you go back to Pastor Tony's message from last Sunday morning, no. first what we need to be in is the unity of the Spirit. And that will bring agreement. That will bring everybody listening to one another. And this is what the famous UN is trying to do. They try to get everybody to sit around a round table and agree without the unity of the Spirit. So we pass it on so to you, Pastor. Pastor. Talk about the difference between uniformity and the unity of the Spirit. And you shared really greatly on that last Sunday. It was really good. Um, what the uh, ecumenical movement has been trying to do is unite churches, but not 
in truth. This is it. They're trying to accept each other's differences, which are not theologically correct. Um, that's that's a spirit of unity. It is not the unity of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does with the the uh, the real church, and I'm not trying to be divisive when I say that, is the Holy Spirit reveals to the leadership of the church what he wants done, and then everyone is to agree that it's the Holy Spirit and to obey it. And so that's a different kind of unity. That's the unity of the Spirit. And the way the Lord works it is there's a witness within us all that is saying the same thing. The revelation gets confirmed in all of us. We're not, robot, we're not robots, but we all agree this is what the Spirit's will is on any given matter in the church. And what you say is really important there because you said it's the unity of the Spirit within us. And this is how we try to do unity in the world. We try to fix the outside things first. So you and me need to agree on this fact of life so that we can be in unity. But yet the very thing that we have in common as believers especially is I just told you we have different personality types and God wants it that way. But what is going to bring us into unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in me? So if I can get in agreement with the Holy Spirit in you and you can get in agreement with the Holy Spirit in me, we'll be in the unity of the Spirit. But, you know? but we can come. And we try to always bring agreement before to try and get us into unity of the Spirit. Oh, let's get along, let's tolerate, let's compromise, let's coexist. That's not unity. Yes, but now that works. That works uh, great when it's two Christians, yeah, not the and and uh, you know they're moving by the Holy Spirit, and uh, you know unity of the Spirit can happen. But I want to talk about the fact that you are able to have another perspective, whether or not you know Christ yet or not. Because most people think if I disagree, then I'm being rebellious. Yeah, I'm not in unity. Or I'm being disobedient. Yeah. And, and first it's not even unity. First it's, you know, you, you go into self-examination of yourself and you think... Well, I must be being rebellious. Why can't I be teachable? Now, I think unteachableness is something totally different than this. You know? This argument or this way of thinking, this perspective is healthy. Unteachableness is not healthy. All right? So we've got to look at it like that and we say, well... I, I've been looking at it and I've been thinking about it and I've been thinking, Lord, I've been talking to him about it. And I've been saying, this is what happened when you were on this earth and it's still happening today. People are losing their identity because they see things with a different perspective. You see? And so they want everyone to see things with their perspective. Now, that's the unhealthy thing about this. Because why? Because the Lord never created you 
to have the same perspective on everything. There'd be no versatility if, if you just were... I know unity, but I wouldn't talk about versatility. There would be none. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there would be none. There would be none. Absolutely none on this. I think it's important to, from what I'm learning, to understand... What do I call it? ...that the Lord <laughs> Sorry about confused that, us... The Lord confused us for a reason. You know, the Lord confused us for a reason. Because man, when it was only one worldview, straight away turned it against God. You know, so we have to understand that. Now, there's two aspects of this because I've got to bring a godly, you know, check here. Because someone could be listening and think, oh, okay, well then, you know, that means I get to disagree. No, because no. interrupt or argument is on the receiving end as well as the yes, giving end. Yes, both ends. Your arguments have to be able to be interrupted, just like you have to be able to interrupt someone else's arguments. It works both ways. And if you only focus on one aspect of it, you'll end up in that same pit of always being right. The key to this whole truth is that being right does not allow you to grow in life mm. because when you're right you attach belief which is an emotion the moment you attach emotion to a thought it's solidified you literally built it in cement yes. in yes. your mind and it takes a whole lot of work to dig bring that it, bring and it you know down. excavate it and demolish that to you know? bring it down and that's why it's such a move of god when a non-believer comes in and the holy spirit it says, opens I, I their would, eyes. I would say if somebody just thought it was on one side, they're a little self-centred, aren't exactly. they? Just exactly. a wee bit self-centred. It's got to be able to be on both sides. But the key is if this is a healthy thing, and this is where I'm coming from, from the Holy Spirit, it's a healthy thing, and that's what we want to concentrate on, it's healthy because it brings life. It also brings a new perspective. It brings things that will cause you to grow and to go forward. And like Pastor said, if we just had one opinion, one perspective, then we would just die because there isn't that variety in things. Wow. We're going to interrupt <laughs> these messages for a brief moment to take a break. Okay. So we have some comments in, in here that wow. I want to see if you guys want to address. If not, we can hold them to later because I think you guys are about to start unpacking the last comment that just yeah. came up. Um, but we don't want to hold you up for too long. So we're going to take a short break and come right back. We're also going to say a hi to a few people, so stay tuned. Come on, bring them out. It's going to challenge them.
just going to say hi to a few people that came on. I think Leslie came on. Shahana was watching. Hello, you guys. Josie. Josie. I think we said Alexandra beforehand. Danielle. Danielle. Hello. Hello. Because we have 27 people watching and engaging. Jackie. So thank you. Jackie thank you. Quest. We had an earlier comment uh, that came out from a lot of people. Oh, here's one. Um, Virginia says, this is already blowing my mind. <laughs> so thanks to Virginia for watching. Thanks. <laughs> uh, right. Souffle says, I struggle often with thinking everybody else must be right about me, and I'm the one always wrong. Yes, that's my, mm. that's my point here. Mm -hmm. It's healthy if you work with it. Mm. Mm. If uh, you command it or control it, it is not healthy. Mm. And, and we don't, I don't want it like that because I, I see um, in this statement that I said, I see great healing coming yeah. as a result of it. And right before we went on break, Dr. Robin, you were starting to dive in a little deeper to that example of and that was part of the gems you were bringing out in the counseling I referred to earlier, was how we receive and perceive the argument. Yeah. And because we have the differences in personalities, we tend to think, well, that person doesn't understand me, or That's you're right. not valuing not what listening. I'm saying. They're not listening. And when you said that to me, it, it definitely healed something in me of thinking that, you know, when I'm trying to deliver something and if a person doesn't receive it in the way I deliver, especially if I feel like I'm like yep. laboring to deliver yep. it in a certain, certain way or a fence comes up, it's like in both ways. And I say this in both ways. It's like, what is what am I doing wrong? Like, or why is this not going well if this is the concept of having if communication? The, if the walls go up and if the, the conversation f falls flat, then of course they are not listening but you need to be able to listen too you need to listen why because tonight we brought out that it's not healthy to have one opinion and that's all you live from i mean i think the statistic that shocked me when i was learning this is and i know it's i've said it but i think it needs to land in people so we speak at 200 words per minute we listen at 800 words per minute. So you said for me, that, that, the other for day. me, that is amazing because if I want to take in more information, then what avenue? Say less. Yeah, what avenue am I going to choose? You know, and I think we think we will learn more by speaking more. No. Because we believe our own thoughts, and we believe that when we verbalize our thoughts, they become solidified you know truth sometimes i'm learning sometimes we try to speak so much to say it out loud so that we can believe in it because we're so unsure of what we're actually thinking so by hearing ourselves say it oh we're like oh yeah that sounds right yeah i agree with that because we don't even know but the bible you know? says wise people listen, listen first and foolish people do all the talking yeah. So if you're just rolling it off your tongue and doing all the talking and bringing forward all your perspective, you're being very foolish yeah. because 
you are not giving the opportunity giving the opportunity to someone who can add to this such a flavor and before you have to be prepared to listen this is it before we go back into the break i think what's important by this is we talked about the different personality types and and, you know how can someone like someone's probably going to ask well you know how can i be interrupted to have more information be brought to my mind without being offended. Well, when you listen more, you don't get offended because you actually learn that people are different. Like if you sit in the room and you're quiet and you listen and you watch different people communicate, you actually learn, oh, wow, that person isn't like me. They actually are different in the way that they take in, you know, verbal and physical communicating signs. So like... Just recently, I was in a situation where there was some, you know, back and forth and people were interrupting people in a way that was all about self and it wasn't about learning about one another. And I just sat there and listened and I was just watching and I was learning, okay, wow, that person is triggered by something different than what that other person is triggered by. And by me shutting my mouth and just observing and watching, I learned, oh, okay, it's not a personal thing when that person is going to, you know, maybe communicate to me in that kind of way. It's just the way that they've been taught and the way that they found comfortable. It's their, the word we use is communicative style, right? It's just their style. But now the challenge is you cannot stay in that style. You must adapt because Paul said, I become all things to all men. But pastor. Gentile to a Gentile, Jew to a Jew. But the way you adapt, is allowing this to come and this worldview to come in this new perspective and it starts you on a journey if you don't allow it to come in and you don't participate in this by the holy spirit you will start to dry up you know why because your arguments run out of power run out of strength when you hear yourself when you only listen to yourself you dry up really quickly and it's because you void of the spirit of the lord are dry you know and i think this is important because i think we think that we're a lot more fuller through our own ability than we are. Like, you know, I I taught in my course, the ability to feel compassion for someone, the ability to love on someone, the ability to give a compliment, that's not you. (laughs) That's Jesus in you. All good comes from God. And I think we have to get to that idea that there's nothing good in me without the Holy Spirit and Jesus living in me. So if I look at you and say, you know what, Shania, you are such like a good friend. You are so respectable, you know, loyal. I'm choosing to let the Holy Spirit flow through me, but who is generating and and energizing that love? It's not me. Because as man, I cannot do that. Because in the next breath, I can turn around and curse you to your face. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the key. Here's the key. And I won't, by the way. Two conversations going on with Jesus in both conversations will always cause there to be listening and hearing and then eventually speaking. 
Yeah. And can I just say, I think Pastor Robin models this like to the T. Because let's talk about this. I love this kind of um, talk because this is what I, I, I just get my hands into. What is real listening? Because real Jealous. listening is not just sitting and letting people talk. It's called active listening. So yeah. that means there's an active participation. So even as you're listening, you're having an inward conversation with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. I do this. This is what Pastor does all the time. She does. So, because the world will teach listening. So we have is a just, three way conversation. You know, like this passive kind of stance of just shut your and mouth. And I'm not having that conversation to put the person down. I'm actually asking, how does he want me to respond? Yeah. And I'm learning to say, Holy Spirit, how can I open my mind to what this person is saying? Give me a different perspective right now. You know, you're having that conversation with the Holy Spirit and he's guiding you through true listening. You know, not it's not just sit down, you know, and listen and like don't have, because you can't stop your brain. Even when you're listening, you can't stop your brain. Your brain is going to put on the projector screen some kind of image, whether it's an image of what that person's talking about some kind of like, you know, image will form. If you're talking about a day in Central Park and I'm listening, I'll begin to see the Central Park vision that you're talking about. But the key is now, how do I say on this part of interruptible argument, when you're interrupting my argument so that I don't get offended, how do I say, Holy Spirit, open my mind right now, expand my pathways, you know? Like I'm learning from Dr. Robin, like living with her, as my mom and as my pastor, as my leader, and as my mentor, I'm learning when I sit with her, because she thinks different, I wanna think more like that. Every time I sit with her, I wanna learn, not just admire it from a distance. I wanna take it on as my own. Because admiring it from a distance is just flattery. You know, and appreciate, yeah. oh, I appreciate yeah. the way you think. No, I wanna imitate you. Please don't appreciate, like you imitate, value it. You know, I wanna imitate you like you imitate Christ. So I wanna know what makes you think that way. You know, and because I've had different life story, different life experience, I have a different personality and communication type than her, her background is different. The Lord will use the, the gelling of those two things to bring gold. Because yeah, my perspective and worldview is very different. But this you have to understand. Now, this works two ways. Listening to the Holy Spirit, having the conversation with the Holy Spirit, as well as having the conversation with the person you're listening to. Then you've got the other one where you're listening to the devil. This is it. <laughs> and you're having the conversation with someone, but listening and having the conversation with the devil. See, this is the way it works, okay? You're always talking to okay, someone. Okay, so what am I saying about this? I'm saying if Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, if we've allowed him to do the speaking, Okay, and we're the vessels, and he pours himself out through. And sometimes you might have a little bit of a disagreement. Well, Holy Spirit, I don't know if I, I can handle that, or, or I believe what you're saying there. You better explain that to me. And it's like uh, you're not going to have a conversation like that with the devil because he'll never show you 
like that. He'll show you like a, an angel of light. Yeah. So you think you're talking to something, but it's, a, you know, but it's actually you agreeing with him. Yeah. You see, that's really dangerous. So the key here in this interruptible argument is are we allowing the Holy Spirit to be able to interrupt our thoughts, our listening, our speaking and allow the Holy Spirit to do the active conversation in us to others. And if you're speaking to a Christian, it's wonderful because you should be having that communication. But what if you're speaking to someone in the world? It, you still have to let the Holy Spirit. Mm. I don't care if they're not saved. You're going to be, uh, you know, speaking through what the Holy Spirit yeah. speaks to you right. or letting him speak through you. So the unsaved person... We have to deal with that. But it's still the Holy Spirit that's going to be speaking through us mm-hmm. and interrupting an argument that doesn't bring Christ into it. Uh, I think this is the key. I know we're, we're meant to be on a break, but we're just going back in. No, no, so. no, we went back in. Okay. You're fine. This is the key. I think Pastor Robin has just touched really, really on the key center of this whole thing, right? First point. We let the devil interrupt our arguments more than we let the Holy Spirit. That's First right. point, okay? There it We're is. We're so used to being interrupted by demonic voices that it's become our go-to. And then when the Holy Spirit tries to interrupt, because we've given more consistency to the enemy, it's foreign. Yep. And it becomes very, very, it has to sometimes be delivered with strength and a rebuke. The Holy Spirit doesn't always want to have to rebuke us. He wants to be able to interrupt us in the moment and say, think better, choose better. That's my first point. Second point is this, what Pastor said is so powerful. If we let the Holy Spirit interrupt us, here comes kingdom emotion, then we can become more interested in what he feels in the moment. Now, that doesn't mean agreement because sometimes the Holy Spirit is not in agreement with what is being said. And he will let you know, I'm not in agreement. There must be a righteous stand. There must be a stand for truth. You know, but that's a feeling that he's giving you. But when you don't let him interrupt, this is where it comes from because you live from what you feel. And and the actual voice of the devil, which is the angel of light, actually sounds like yours. And this is the key. So we live from what we feel via a demonic source of emotion. And then this is why offense comes and this is why walls come and not boundaries because we say, oh, that person's like, you know. And again, this is what we do. On the receiving end, when someone tries to interrupt us, we say, oh, that person's personally attacking me because we haven't filtered it. And here's the key word. The conversation goes on with the Holy Spirit as you're listening uh, the Bible says interpretation belongs to God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, God is the only one that is allowed to interpret to you what a person's motives and methods and are. And what's yeah. going on in their yeah. heart. And if you try to interpret void of the Holy Spirit, 
you will never hear interruptible argument from even, him. Even in the word of knowledge, yeah. you're not going to get it all. You know, when you're working with the word of knowledge, it's the condition of a heart. But God doesn't tell you anything. It's a word of knowledge, not a book of knowledge or words of knowledge. It's a word. So you get one word on the condition of a person's heart, but that's not everything. And so you can't even use the gifts in that to try and think that you know. Yeah. It's only one word. It's been given to you by the Spirit of God to put you on a right direction, okay? Because he, he speaks in many different ways. So. Yeah. But we listen way too much to the devil yeah. and his voice sounds like ours. And we try to interpret people and circumstances and and the movement, we try to use a, a, an earthly mindset to interpret spiritual movement, you know. And that's why Joseph had to learn, even in his, in his small way, we did a portal last year in the pandemic that talked about, you know, um, usurper or master interpreter. Which one will you become? And I think that is really, really apparent when it comes to this kind of, and the world calls it critical thinking. We're not going to call it critical thinking. We're going to call it spirit-led thinking. Because we're told every day, okay, you've been given a new heart. Your emotions are being led by the soul, which is we know is being led by the spirit. But your mind must be renewed. So you have to choose renewal every day. So that's an active choice of thinking right and better, you know. But I think it's important because in this spirit-led thinking, we're going to learn to respect the, the, the difference that God has put within other people. You know, and we're going to learn to let the Holy Spirit interrupt us. Pastor Nally's here. Go in. She's going to give us some wisdom because she has wisdom. I, trust me. Sorry, I'm halfway in. But listening to you guys, um, I think a lot of it, the interruptible arguments shows it, it should be a highlight to you about um, I think your relationship with other people, can it can show that either you are loving them yourself or you are actually a person that takes time to get to know someone. And it's a, I think that's a good um, gauge yep. in the way that you have conversation. So to keep your mind open, if you're ready to have a, a, an opinion about what the other person is saying to you just because you don't agree with them, it can actually be a highlight to you or a wake-up call to you that you're ready to judge quickly before you're ready to receive. Yep. What, Very good. What I find interesting about this, especially talking about the worldview, right, because you've got to talk about it both. Yes. See, if we just talk about it, you know, with Christian, with Christian, it, it it's unfinished. Right. And what I what I was finding interesting talking about that, most of the times, you know, we get our worldview from our parents. You said in the first 20 years, most of that is coming from how we were raised and our, how we were brought up. But most of us don't even like that process that we went through but hold on to it so dearly and use it, you know, when it, it when it comes to relating to other people. So it's interesting where the Lord is saying this is why we need more more interruptible arguments into that perspective because that's only what a worldview from two people yep. that you've gotten when the world is immense as far as relating to people. If experiences you get immense. it, <laughs> if you can do what God created us to do and to be, it can really bring unity of the spirit. 
And what, what's important to understand about this, like from a psychological, um, it, like, you know, approach is that on the receiving end to do with self-identity, it is easier for us to be interrupted um, in the way that, like, say, like, you know, you're telling me, you know, that you love me and that, like, you're, I want to say, admiring, you're valuing something about my personality, right? It is easier sometimes for us to receive that in a negative way from the enemy because, say, pastors value me, oh, you know, you're so loyal. Someone said here on the thing, what does an interruptible argument look like from the enemy? Well, this is how it, this is how it plays out. You're valuing me through the love of Jesus energizing you. You're actually flowing self-value from the Holy Spirit but manifested through your vessel to me. The interruptible argument is too good to be true. Don't believe it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. That's, that's the voice of the enemy. No, they're just saying it because they have to say it. And, just, yeah. and the other thing is, what's the result? Yeah. This is the key. The result of this interrupting argument can bring absolute life into the situation. It can bring so much colour, and I'll call it that, so much colour and flavour to a relationship, a conversation, if you're willing to let God use this argument to bring a change, it can bring absolute life and health. Because when you're always just doing it and seeing it your way, you're getting unhealthy. Every single day. Because God created your body to have this. Why did Jesus bring it if it wasn't a part of his mandate to bring it? He brought it to bring healing to them. Come on. The way they wanted to do it, he would, they would never have got healed. And it's important to understand, again, I'm going to throw all the stuff I'm learning. We will experience pain all of our life. Pain is not something you are ever going to stop. Pain is a part of the process of growth. Go to the gym, you have to have pain to grow a muscle, right? Pain brings forth life because pain pushes you to go beyond the point of comfortability and grow. Now, whether that's, you know, a physical pain, a spiritual pain, an emotional pain... So, so pain is a messenger system. I keep saying this. It's, it's your body's way. It's your mind's way. It's your heart's way of telling you something is not right. Address it. The difference is we don't have to let pain turn into suffering. Yes. And the problem with suffering one, that one. is that suffering is always born, here I go, out of making a judgment. Yeah. The moment you make a judgment on a person, on God, on a situation, void of his interpretation, you've just turned a painful moment into a suffering moment. Can you, can you imagine, get, get this picture, you're talking to someone and they're talking, they're having their conversation with the devil and you're having your conversation with the Holy Spirit. Just get the picture of that. Just get the picture. There's got to be war. Yeah. 
but not between the people, but the spiritual forces. There's going to be absolute war. And we don't realise this is a spiritual matter. This is a spiritual matter. And so we think that if we don't agree, we're the ones offending here. If we can't um, have something to say, which through the Holy Spirit, we, uh, you know, we just fall back. And all our identity is gone. This is healthy. It's healthy. If it wasn't healthy, then Jesus wouldn't have done it with the disciples. He was forever interrupting them with the, with the argument of the true argument of why he came. Yeah. Yeah, this is the key. And tied in with why that argument sticks is because, you know, the it. prodigal son's father tried to interrupt his son's way of thinking All the time. and say, you know, in that parable and in that example, it's not time, son. It's not time, son. But because of judgment, the prodigal son couldn't be interrupted because he had made a judgment that his father was withholding from him what was oh rightly his. So judgment in that moment stopped the Holy Spirit through his dad saying, sorry, need to interrupt your worldview. Yep. You have one perspective, yep. but and I have a, a narrow different perspective. perspective. And this is the problem. When you become narrow-minded because you've made so many judgments, judgments literally become the walls that keep you in that narrow I'm mind. I'm going to give you a good name for it. When you become narrow-minded in your judgments and you can't see another person's perspective... Ooh. You are nothing but a conversational bully. Oh, my. oh. Now, oh. this is the key. Oh, what perspective, wait a minute. What perspective are you meant to see? Because then there could be argument, well, should we agree with non-believers? No. You never see the perspective outside of truth. If someone comes to me and says, I want to live my life, you know, different according to the way I want to live it, different from the way of God and the word of God. That is not an interruptible argument that is allowed because the Holy Spirit's emotion in that moment is for you to stand for truth yeah. and not compromise. Oh. But a lot of us fall into, well, you know, your intentions are good. You know, you're a good person. As long as, you know, as long as I've got you on side or as long as, you know, you're a part of the family, but this is why it has to come back to the Lord interpreting your emotions and giving you his. compromise. Because if you, you go by what you feel, you would compromise and allow that standard of living and the Holy Spirit and it the Lord Jesus Christ. It would affect you in the end. And the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father is up there going, hang on, did I let my son go through all that torment for you to say that he's not the only way? Yep. That's what he's saying. Hang on. Did I let him be beaten and mocked and spat on and tortured and whipped and scorched for and you bruised? to say? Oh, right. For me, it doesn't work. There has to be another way. No, he's going to stand up and say, sorry, the only way to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, that's an interruptible argument that you need to give in that situation mm. to someone that is not allowing 
the Lord to interrupt their lives. Because this is where There's it's got to come back to you. The Holy Spirit's emotion. So many levels. So Giving, the, receiving, all of it. So there's many levels of this, this process of interruptible arguments from, uh, from having a conversation and being just close-minded on a situation and, uh, you know, if that's your friend, then you need to... Um, listen and then when you've finished he or she listens then if it's true friendship then you'll be having your part of that conversation now that's one level and then there's another level when there's a dispute you know a big dispute on something and uh, you know mother daughter fighting arguing and uh, you know, uh, she, she just doesn't understand me and, uh, you know, and then, of course, the mother would be saying something like, oh, she just never listens. But it pastor did this a little while ago and he asked a question of two people and uh, you want to tell them what you did? You asked uh, yeah, I to said, finish the conversation. I said, deep down in your heart, when you have interaction or communication with this person and it ends up being a strife moment, there's something your heart is saying, like, I just wish you would. I said, what's the end of that sentence? And both and of them. the person said, listen. listen. And I said, well, that's exactly what your heart is longing for you to do. And because you have been sideswiped by smoke and mirrors of offence, you haven't seen that you both have the same thing in common. And they both had the same word, exactly the same word. Both said, listen. So they had the end game, but how to get to it was important, you see. They all, both of them wanted to be heard and to the other one to listen. Now, were they saying, I'm right and you need to listen to me and there's no other way but my way? No, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about an interruptible argument that can be introduced to giving a new perspective on what's really going on or from one side to the other and therefore that is healthy. But if somebody's wanting to interrupt and bring an argument because they want to control, that is so unhealthy. And that's because they're having a conversation with the devil. We'll go for a break and then... Yes, we're going to take a short break, guys. Um, wow, some people are like Yes, uh, there's a lot of people here. We want to say hi to Omar. Omar said, this is really helping me. Uh, we had some Amanda Chris. Hi, Amanda Chris. I think, yeah, we said hello to you. But hi again. Um, yeah, everyone is just mine. I think William Leader was on there too. Yes, William, William that's who was it was. there as well. Yes, we saw William. So we're going to go for a short break. But you guys can ask, start getting your questions ready. Uh, and you can start posting them. And I'll try to keep log of all of them. Um, and we'll go for a short break. Sure. You guys can talk a little bit more. I'm just going to step out for two seconds. We'll interrupt the break. Yes, and I'll come back. I 
think what might be effective is if we go different through different scenarios of how interrupting argument can be applied on a receiving end and on a giving end. We always put on one the yeah. same level. Yeah. Always say, yeah, well, this is what it's all about. But there's so much creativity in conversation yeah. with the Holy Spirit that that uh, Nate that you um you never would want to put it on the same level. Yeah, and Pastor, you just hit something on that, you know, um, again, that I just learned about because I think we think conversation is like, a, a, it's like a, 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 let me say this right, I want to pronounce it right, linear, yeah, linear plane, but it's actually, a, it's, it's a circle conversation mm. and it keeps repeating. You know, we go through, because there's many different types of conversation and communication and I wish I had a graphic from John like, you know, you'll go on that journey of self-awareness. Then self-awareness will lead into confidence and confidence will lead into standing up for yourself and standing up for yourself will lead into boldness and boldness will lead into being your true self. And But it, then you you still have to come back to that that self-awareness will always come back to... Because it's another level. Exactly. But self-awareness comes back to, okay, I'm aware of myself in this perspective of who I am and my fortitude of my personality but self-awareness also has to come back to self-inspection and self-investigation, not via yourself, but via the Holy Spirit. Like I said, people that are willing to ask themselves, could I be wrong in this? Live. Yeah. It's not even wrong. Three times longer. Could I learn something more? Could I learn something new? Is there something that I'm not seeing? I think some people go into conversation, like with a plan, like I have to get my point across, otherwise this person is not listening to me or my opinion is not being taken fully and so they don't go in expecting an interrupting um, conversation because it's like too late, they've already planned in their head, no, you're going to listen to me and get what I'm saying, otherwise I don't need to listen to you. And that can be a very scary position for that person that they're not even ready to hear that, that different um, opinion. Someone asked here, um, I think it's a good question, we'll address it now. What yeah. do we do if it's hard to share the interrupting argument? What do we do when we are faced with a conversational bully? And I want to answer the first part, and I know Pastor's going to say, the key to this thing is, and what I was told is, see, straight away we want to kind of turn on the what's being done towards me. But you will learn about communication more effectively when you apply it first to yourself. So if you're going to say, what do I do to stop a conversational bully? The first thing you have to say is, am I a conversational bully? Yep. Do I really listen? Because if someone is saying that they have to bully you to get you to listen, there's a reason why they feel that way. Let, let me come in. Yeah. <laughs> you said that. Now, I'm going to come from another angle, you see. I'm going to come from the angle that... What do we do? That question again, let's look at it. Yeah, what do you do um, when faced with a conversational bully and trying to bring that interrupting argument? The interrupting argument and not to be called a, a conversational bully. Okay, they're two different things, by the way. Yeah. Don't bring them together. Two different yeah. things. I use that but they are two different things. And you will always know someone who is a conversational bully because they want blood. <laughs> now, the other question is... Wait, wait, let that land. 
What do you mean by that? Means they won't be happy until they tear you apart. They gain pleasure oh, in definitely. seeing you stripped. Stripped, totally. Yeah. And it's not just having an argument. Meaning character. It's like by the time you come out of that conversation, you're so deflated, you can't even sometimes get yourself up off the floor. That's a conversational bully. But I wanted to talk to you about the other part of it. So go back to it again, Pastor, and tell me... Yeah, what do you do when I'm trying to bring an argument, interrupting argument, um, share it, and what do you do when faced with a conversational bully? So we're making it two different questions. We've done the conversational bully, but it comes down to the other part of that question is listen first and then when they're finished then speak and why do i say that i say it because they can't accuse you of not listening that is the most wisest statement that's in the bible the purpose of listening is to take away Accusation. And that's the interruptible argument from the enemy. That is so true. That's the interruptible argument from the enemy. In the moment of offense, all Satan's whispering in your ear is they're not listening to me. Accusation. They're not listening to me. They're not listening to me. They're not listening to me. They're not interested in what I have to think. Yeah. They're not interested in what I have to say. Accusation. The whole idea, and we can't even see how important it is really is that if you listen then they can't accuse so when the bible says be a good listener it stops accusation and the science from interruptible argument we didn't share this at the start but what it is is your brain has developed you know pathways with things that are called neurons they're protein it's literally protein synthesis and when you think in a certain way it joins those um, you know, neurons together and it forms like a pathway of traffic. It's like a highway. I've taught this so many times. But what interrupting argument does is if I'm, if you're thinking in a negative way or if you're thinking in a way that is contrary to life, like in a counsellor-counsellee relationship, in the contract, you know, the counsellor will state, if I disagree with you, for your benefit, since you're paying me to help you feel and think better, I have to be able to interrupt you and bring an adjustment to what you're thinking. I have to be able to say, no, it's time to let go of that pain. You're holding on to it. No, you're regressing. We're going back to oversharing. Without you getting personally offended and shutting down and closing up and stiffening up in your heart. So it's really important because the interrupting argument, what it does is when delivered with the right emotion, here's the key. When delivered with the right emotion, because it takes emotion to elevate it to that point, because when you're in a state of wrong thinking, your emotion is at a certain level. So if I try to interrupt you with, you know, passivity, I think that's the word, it won't interrupt. This is why people that are compromisers and people that have that spirit of Eli, you know, let anything go, their emotion doesn't come up to meet your emotional level. It'll never interrupt anything. But that's why the Lord said, like with Phineas, when he took that 
spear and he went into the temple of the person sleeping with, you know, a Moabite in the presence of the camp, he literally was engaging in interruptible argument physically. He elevated his emotion to a place that was higher than the emotion of the argument at the time. And it whoosh, interrupted something. So what an interruptible argument is, is when your emotion is at a certain level with your thinking, I raise my emotion to that level or beyond, and I say, I'm sorry, but I have to bring an adjustment to what you're thinking because what you're thinking is not correct. Or I disagree with what you're thinking. But you listen. But you listen first. first. This is the key. And then there is no argument and no accusation. And then you say, now I've listened to you. You need to hear and listen to my point now. See? Now, a conversational bully won't listen but they will immediately turn around and, like I told you before, go for blood. They'll strip you and it, they'll just attack, attack. And, and they'll be overbearing and they will... Oh, my. Have you ever been with someone who just doesn't stop talking about what they believe is going on and it continues and continues and continues and then you run, you start to get shortness of breath and you start to feel deflated and they're just overpowering you. It's like, a, it's like you're being um, emotionally raped every oh, single Jesus. time you get into that conversation. And it's important yeah. because, you know, what Pastor said is very important there because with that conversational bully, like, guys, we've got to take perspective and, like, stock here. Everyone needs to be on that journey of self-assessment with the Holy Spirit. When you have conversation, you need to ask yourself, how much percentage of the time are you wrong? Because that's going to give you a good gauge of whether or not you are a very narrow-minded person or are very open to correction, open to life, open to understanding. Because when you listen and you talk second, the Bible says that when you listen, then you gain understanding. You won't gain understanding if you're doing all the talking. You know, and a conversational bully is literally doing all the talking, talking. all the time. Yeah. And can take all one, the action. And can take one situation that you're sharing about your heart and maneuver it back to themselves and that so that's really really um you know something that is like very very outstanding with those people because they're doing all the talking all the time they're not listening they're more interested in what they feel and like pastor said they won't stop like a shark until they get blood right and but but they rem- what reminds me of that in the Bible are the priests and the scribes. Yep. They bullied and they took the whole conversation. They overpowered. But you've got to see what Jesus did. He said nothing until he got the okay from the Lord wow. to speak. And then what he said was enough for five words. Now, that was it. That's all that needed to be said. When you have this interruptible argument, 
it's not that you're going to go on a tangent and have this big conversation. You might say four words. I see it different. Go and sin no more. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Look. <laughs> okay, go and sin no more or to a non-believer, I don't see it like you. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And that's okay. It's like but I yeah. don't see it like you. Go ahead. You finish your comment because I had a question to... Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like who, um, when you're having these conversations, it's like you need to know, is who is it that really wants you to talk in this moment? Do you, is it you that really wants to talk? Or is it the Holy Spirit that wants you to talk in this moment? So it, it, get, it does give you the patience and the trust in the Lord that if that comment or that that moment, if, if your heart is for the other person to receive what you're saying, you won't shove it down their throat. You'll this wait. is it until the Holy Spirit gives you that chance to your say Your delivery it, will always reveal your motives. Then they will receive it or they will push it away, but that's between the Lord and them. That's not between you and them trying to get it across. You have to that's right. wait and have that patience with And him. you said something very important that we need to be asking. Should I be speaking right now? This is what I said. Right. That's what Jesus yeah. did. He never, ever... Now, we're talking about Jesus here. He never just... Gave them a minute to speak a couple of sentences and then he came back with it and combated what they said. No, he let them have the full floor. He let them have the whole conversation. And then the Lord said, let them talk, you know, and he let them talk. And then when they finished, he said three or four words. I'm about my father's business. Right. You know, what a conversation, you know. What are you doing? Well, even his mother and uh, his stepfather. Don't you know we were waiting for you? What have you been doing? You know, we've been waiting here and we've been waiting for a long time. And what have you been doing all this time? And when he finished, when they finished, he said, wouldn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Suddenly they remembered who his father was. Yes. Two things here. One of them I forgot. Um, One is the... Oh, for someone that's thinking in the practical sense, just to clarify this. Yes. The timing one. There was a timing question which you guys just touched on, but we'll elaborate a little bit later. Um, but there, if one is not as vocal Mm. during an an interruptible argument, Mm. but their response is still like, I'm right in this. Mm. Is that still something that needs to be addressed as well? Because I'm thinking about the conversational bully. I know we talked about at the end of the day, in your heart, do you always feel like you're you're right? And that's mm-hmm. something on the outside. For instance, if I'm talking to someone like that, I can't judge that. Mm-hmm. But for someone who says, "Well, I'm not," you know, I'm not vocal, so I'm not always right. But their responses is always gearing to that. Is that still applicable to say, you know, and that person again? It goes back to judgment. That person has made a judgment about their personality, mm-hmm. void of the Holy Spirit. They haven't learned if they're not vocal. Yeah. They've mm. only accepted the fact that that's what they feel in most of the moments. Right. 
I'm going to answer a question because there's some questions coming up. So would you say there is a timing for when you bring an Mm, interruptible argument in a friendship with an unbeliever? Well, with an unbeliever, it's a little different Mm. because you have to wait for a leading in that. Definitely. Right? And the leading is going to be something very simple. It's not going to be you sorting them out, showing them, but bringing a perspective that says, you know what, we see, I see that building differently than you do. You know? I see it differently than you do. You focused on one thing, I'm focusing on something different. Neither of us are wrong, but which is the more effective thing? Allowing us to see this perspective, yeah. our perspective, and with an unbeliever, and that's healthy because now we've got two worldviews coming in to the conversation. With an unbeliever, it's important. This is, this more relates to like like conversational things, like you know relational things. We're not talking about life stance mm-hmm. and things that are solidified, like. I can't say to you, oh, well, you know, your perspective is to just go around and sleep with everybody. My perspective's not. No, that's the word of God. That's truth. That's totally. And truth doesn't have perspective. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. You know, truth is truth. You don't get to pick a perspective of truth that you want to agree with. You either agree with all of truth or it's not truth. It's written down the Bible, so you don't have to play that one. (laughs) Let me say that, please. You either agree with all of truth or it's not truth right because truth is a person and when you agree with oh a a perspective of truth you pick in the parts of the person that you want to have fellowship with that's right that's well i I like the arm so i'll take the arm but i won't take the head and that's that's jesus is truth so this is important we're not talking about that kind of stuff we're talking about more relational dynamics in communication different opinions different ways i'm always going to be at heads with the world because their perspective is generated from a source that is not my source. So even eating food is going to come from a different perspective. I'm going to eat food from a place of faith and thankfulness and knowing that the Holy Spirit has given me the ability to do it and that, you know, even just that. Whereas someone in the world could just be eating for a different reason. Right. yeah, I want to say and it's okay answer for me to eat this from my question. Hold on to what you're going to say. When people empty out everything that they have to say first, then there's more, they're more able to receive new information. Uh, that works, but when they spill out and vomit out, uh, you know, you don't continue to let them vomit this stuff out. Uh, the leaking stuff, you have to bring a stop to that. That's lit- that is different. That is different. I'm not talking about bringing an adjustment here. Yeah. I am actually talking about bringing another view, a world view, to make the conversation healthy. Yeah. And so, you know, if they keep spilling out, Usually what they end up doing is regurgitating it and spilling it again till they become so tired they don't even want to talk about it anymore. So that's not healthy to get into a situation. You have to wait to the leading of the Lord who would turn around and say, now 
is yes. what I want you to see. So you wait upon having the conversation with the Holy Spirit and stop having the conversation with the devil. Yeah, that's it. And but you've got two people having the conversation with the devil. My God, do you expect that to go somewhere? It's not. And leaking is a result of not filtering with the Holy Spirit through the process. You build up. And then what starts to build up starts to leak out. And we've confused that with people sharing their hearts or, you know, there's no. Sharing your heart is different from leaking and word vomiting, you know, because sharing your heart is a two-person thing. It's not just sit down, shut up and listen to what I've got to say and how I feel, you know. Again, I was saying we're very aware when it comes to our self-expression, when it comes to us self-expressing, but we're not as aware when it comes to others self-expressing. So the first thing that you do when you listen to this portal is your logic and your rationality say, oh, my God, that's what people have been doing to me. Yes, yes, but yes. But you should be hearing yes, by the yes. resonance of but the Holy Spirit what have Spirit, I, been doing, what have I been doing to people. That is the change of thought that has to Get come. Oh, my God, I've been interrupted so much. No, no, no. How many times have you interrupted? Have I brought interruptible argument in a good way? How many times have I brought interruptible argument in a bad way? You know, that's what the Holy Spirit's requiring of us in this portal because no. our rationality says, oh, this is what, yes, it's clicked. This is what's being done to me. Now I have the answer. Life no. is, you will no. live life a lot longer when you first self-assess. Yeah, we said that. That is the key. And, and, and it's important that we do this because we will think that other people are doing it to us. God wants us to look at ourselves. Are we doing it to others? Are yes. we doing it to others? And that's the definition of religion. Religion is applying a standard to others that you won't apply to oh yourself. Oh, my yeah. God. True. You know, it is. That's Very the definition true. of religion. I want you to live up to a standard, yeah. but I'm not ready to live up to it myself. And it reminds me of the parable where Pastor brought this out recently, the, the servant that was forgiven of much. Yeah. I went out and said, you owe me. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you might be in an engagement with a conversational bully, but you have to self-assess and go take stock with the Holy Spirit. Have you bullied people in conversation? Have you given them a chance to share their perspective? One of the biggest things that God's trying to get across with these different perspectives, you know, worldview, different perspective, is this. Listen first. Then you mightn't say half the things you think you were going to say. That cuts the conversation to go straight in to the bullseye, right? Now, how many times have you been in a conversation? I make listening such an important thing in my life. I'm a witness. I listen to people. I have ways of dealing with people repetitively bringing things out. I call on the Holy Spirit. But the other thing is, have you ever been in a conversation where someone keeps cutting in and they won't listen? Yeah. And we get upset about that. And then we think, well, do I do that? Yeah. 
do I do that? If I do, I need to stop doing it because I know how it feels. It's so true, Pastor. It's so true. See, they listen to Jesus. And when they listened to him, they heard everything. And here's the key. They heard everything that he was telling them. Now, here's the new thing I want you to hear. I want you to hear this. It's great responsibility. When you hear everything Jesus wants you to hear, you are now responsible and accountable. You can't stand before the Father and say, I didn't know. No, you're accountable. And that is the key. When you listen, you become responsible for the information that's shared. That's right. And you can take that information and do with it, like the good servant, bring an interest on what you've been given. Or, like the bad servant, you can bury it in the ground and judge the person's motive and say, well, I knew you're hard anyway, so I'm not going to work on anything relationally with you because... This is who you are. I've made a judgment. And again, I want to go back to the moment you make the judgment, you turn a moment of pain into a moment of suffering. And that's important because if you go back to your most painful moments in life, if God had been able to interrupt the judgment that you put on the situation, healing would have occurred a lot quicker. But judgment is what made that situation become a moment of suffering and not a moment of pain. And he wasn't able to say, child, here's my interruptible argument. Here's my emotion. And we want to bring it that way. And we're bringing it several different ways. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that get really burdened by the fact that they don't have the same perspective. And I don't mean they're rebelling. They just see the building from a different place. I used that uh, testimony in the beginning to show someone who was extreme in their belief system was searching out to understand the Bible but turned around and said, you're all hypocrites, you know, you, you really contradict yourself. But once you showed him, hey, there's another view here. I'm going to give you a worldview. Four of us are going to give you a worldview here. And uh, you know what? There were four men that gave that four worldviews. You know? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And therefore, no one contradicted anyone. What we saw, we tell you to be the truth. But now, if you look you could see what we saw, not just what you saw, but what we saw. So in the end, you get four views of it, four perspectives of it, and you get the bigger picture. And Pastor, the, 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 the apostolic view of this is, I have to bring this in because this is what my professor said. He said, the idea is to find the way that you communicate, discover that. Find whether you're a D, whether you're an S, right? Find whether you are someone that doesn't agree with someone like very quickly and then embrace it for a season. But the idea is to not continue living your life looking at the building from the same perspective. No, you've got to take on the four of them. Because until you take on all four, 
until you see, okay, you've been focusing on the windows, but until you see the body and the, and the structure, and then you see the symmetry, or until you see, some see the doors, you won't get the full picture or the of big or the big windows or whatever that kind of you that know example. That brings in a lot of light. You won't get the full weight and picture of what that building looks like. And if you're talking to a man, he's going to give you a different perspective of that building because he's going to see it like a man does in the eyes of a man. When you're talking to a woman. She is going to see a whole lot different. She's going to see such things like, wow, be a lot of cleaning with those windows. Yeah. That's the practical side. Do you understand? I see it, but wow, well, look at these windows. I wouldn't want to be the one to clean all these windows. Or she could be the one that would say, wow, I'd have a great time decorating all those windows. Do you, get, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. There is value in someone's perspective. There is great value in it. It grows you inside. It gets your mind ticking. It's healthy for you. You don't stagnate in mm. your own. And if it's not, if you continue like that, you'll eventually become depressed. Yep. You will bring yourself to depression by believing only what you believe as your perspective. You will keep yourself in depression. You put yourself there it. and you'll keep yourself there. This is it. Right. Depression is a result of no re-socialisation. That's right. And that means... You are left with you and you alone. Mm. And the enemy has been able to separa separate you in three areas. He cuts you off from interruptible argument, different perspective from God first. Ooh. Then he cuts you off from different argument, different perspective from people. Then the real, real pit is he cuts you off from different perspective and argument from yourself. That's right. Mm. Because now there's only one voice that you tune to and that's his. And you can't say, hang on, that's not me. When you are left with your own thoughts, there is no re-socialisation, meaning you need people to keep you healthy. That's it. People keep you healthy. They keep you mentally sane. Yeah. If you don't have interruptible argument from people around you saying, I see life differently, thank you very much, I appreciate, and you can say, I appreciate your perspective, but here is my perspective... And I see it differently. We're not going to agree. But we can still be in love. We don't have to be offended. Right. But we can still say, I don't agree with what you're saying. And if I need to agree, the Lord will have to show me. And yeah. it can also say, not just agree. Look, have a look at the way I see it. This is it. Let's have a look. I've looked at the way you've seen it. Have a look at the way I see this building. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. Someone uh, has asked here any ways of like practically communicating this. Words like, you know, okay, thank you for sharing your worldview with me. Now here's my worldview. Things like that can be incorporated practically into conversation. Mm -hmm. But just like, again, the challenge is, okay, if I'm ready to say, I'll put it this way. The amount of times that you're ready to defend your worldview uh. will be the amount of times that you need to be ready to expand it. 
Mm. Yes, because that means you're becoming very, very narrow-minded and you're becoming very single-minded. So that is a really good good barometer. Like if you're defending your worldview 30 times during the day and you're only expanding it twice. Not healthy. It's not a healthy ratio. So the Lord says, right, I give you the choice and the right as a human being to say, right, that's my worldview. But I also require you to surrender it. And say, can this worldview be expanded? Like if God didn't expand your worldview about the cross, you would never have accepted it. And let me come out with that. Now, when you first come to Christ, you come to Christ and he gives you a worldview of what the cross means. Right? Now, you don't fully understand but you know something's happened, but you don't know the significance of it. So as you open yourself up more to the leading of the Spirit, he, what I call the second work of yep. grace takes place. What does that mean? That means God begins to show you by the Holy Spirit, which is God the Spirit, he begins to show you what that cross really means to you, what Jesus really did, that life that was given for you. And then as you go along the journey, your perspective of the cross begins to open every time a a grace work happens. Every time. But and when you first come to Christ, you have, you know you accept it, you believe it, but you don't understand it. It's not until you move on does understanding come. And here's the, here's the work of the enemy, even as a believer, Shania. He wants you to stay at that level, in that worldview. He doesn't want you to expand it. He doesn't want you to reach the depths of God's love. Understand the different shades, the different sounds, tonalities, because that's what religion does. It says this is God. It can go no further. This is the house in which he must be living in, and we can't expand that house. And that's what we have seen the love of God as. We've seen it as one worldview, but the whole journey of Christendom is the expansion of that worldview of his love. Every day he wants to expand and expand our capacity to understand how much he loves us. Yeah. So you that, know? And that's an interruptible argument. So that's really what it is. When, you're, when you are being expanded, there has to be an interruptible argument come in to the conversation. There has to be. You can't expand without it. You have to be ready also to remember that uh, you really think the Lord is, has given you all of the opinion, all of the right opinion, or has yeah. God given it to somebody else? Somebody else is, you're not the only one in this high and mighty, yeah. you know, level. There are other people that have had life experiences and relationship with the Lord that can add to what you know or can give you Which will lead to valuing people valuing, for yeah. their actual life and not just for appreciating them for what they do for you. This is where value and appreciation mm. come in. Yeah. When you learn to listen to people's stories, you learn to place the value on what life has taught them. Exactly. And you don't just go, ah, oh, thank you, I appreciate that, but I disagree. 
Like I learned to value Pastor Robin's life experience from learning and listening to what all that she's been through and come out, you know. Even another example, like we have our, you know, Collide team and I'm a pretty strong creative. I'm pretty strong in my opinion of what I want to happen creatively on Sundays with our worship. But recently, like I had brought a song to our band and it was a song by a famous church and we started learning it. And um, Shahana, who's, you know, the manager of our uh, Collide team, she's Mm -hmm. been called by the Lord into that position. I respect her opinion so much. And I don't ever want to get to the point where I don't allow interruptible argument from her because if I do that as an artist, it'll put me in a very narrow-minded position Mm -hmm. and place Mm -hmm. and my creativity will get stifled. Right. You know, because others contribute. Mm -hmm. So I looked at Shahana, I looked at everyone on Collide and I said, guys, what do you think about this? And they were giving me their opinions, which I uh, appreciated. But the Lord in that moment wanted me to value what Shahana was saying because that was the opinion that was going to lock in it my heart for me, right? God trusts Shahana with this team. Yeah, She's going to give me that interruptible argument that's going to let me know if I'm making a wise decision as the leader of this team. So I turned to all the musicians, I turned to all the singers, and I said, yep, okay, Thank you. I'll take that on board. And I looked at Shahana and I said, Shahana, what do you think? And the very thing that she said was what my heart was feeling. She said, no, this is not the right song for our church. We are not in this season. We have gone past this season. No other person said that. Mm. That's something I constantly really hear. But listen, we're going to be finishing because we've been going for two hours. We could have gone there's on and more. on and on. We've got seven Can I minutes. interrupt the argument and there's still I more? i got to <laughs> just say one more thing and that is, but there is, look, just so that we get our balance here, interruptible arguments, they are not, not uh, what's the right word, not needed? No, they're not available to us to argue over over who Jesus Christ is. This is it. We cannot. This this is not even to be started in a conversation with someone because uh, that's not a leading from the Holy Spirit for you to have to prove who Jesus is. That's not a leading. There should not be an argument with that one, interruptible argument of who Jesus Christ is and what he did and who God is and what he's doing and what is the Holy Spirit doing. That is something that's not even going to be negotiated with. That's out of the question, okay? And so therefore we're talking about a worldview that will bring more opening and understanding to your worldview. But a worldview is not going to be about who Jesus Christ is. That's already established in our heart. We don't even enter a conversation like that. So remember that, guys. Very important. Can I just say this to back that up? Lie has no substance. God does not interrupt truth to argue for a lie. Exactly. No, you don't drop the mic and just say that, something like that. you got to elaborate. 
Tell I mean, the people. in Kingdom Emotions, we taught that a lie cannot be measured. Darkness cannot be measured. Only no. light can. So he's not going to spend time proving a truth over it's something not, that does not exist in his mind. It's not negotiable, okay? A lie We're doesn't not exist even in his negotiating mind. over that. The truth is the truth. We don't negotiate the truth. It's the truth. And Jesus never invested time into arguing over lies. He only spoke the words that the Father told him to speak, and that was about truth. Yeah. He never answered all their questions. Just like Pastor Robin, sometimes you'll ask she her a question, she and she will literally <laughs> not answer it. Because God's not interested in answering the fluff. He's, he's interested in answering the truth. It was when, like, um, when the Sadducees asked him and he said, like, whose who's wife will she be? And yeah, and it's the, like, this is all like, fluff. It's got nothing to do with it. He's the, fa he's the father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It doesn't not, even, it's not even to gonna, do with your marriage Not situation. even going to bother <laughs> qu even acknowledging that one. Oh, that's what I... There was a few gems that had in, imparted in my spirit before we go. First of all, are you guys through your main points before we wrap up? I think the um, thing that I want to finish with is see. this. <laughs> Value the perspective that God has given you, but value the perspective of others. The amount of times that you are ready to defend your perspective will be the amount of times that you need to surrender it. Okay. I'm done. I'll just fill in the gaps, but if anything comes up, feel free to keep talking. You can, I'm interruptible, Dr. Robin and Pastor Nathan and Pastor no. Nally. I just think um, it'll make you a bigger person if you stop having this one worldview and uh, you'll grow fast and you'll be in a place where you can be transformed into the image of Christ by the Holy Spirit. It won't be a hard work. The biggest uh, hindrance to being transformed by the Holy Spirit into Jesus is uh, you have this one view. Mm. Mm. If that don't cure a lot of things, I don't know what will. Go ahead, Pastor um, Yeah, I think the main thing that hit me more in this is that your interruptible arguments should always be focused for the sake of the other person in the conversation. Amen. Not for your own defense, like you were saying before. Right. Well, it's what you gain. You gain, you know, you don't lose if you do it first, looking at yourself. If you look at yourself first, you're going to gain. Right. Because you should want to involve somebody in a different perspective so that they gain. Right. Not that they lose. Yes. That's where I was going next, but I wanted to make sure the meat of it is done. All right. Okay. Um, one thing, one interruptible argument that I believe can help and heal people is that, like you said, embracing the differences. And that was an example you brought up that night, Dr. Robin, about being adaptable and how you could be adaptable. And you gave the example of when, like, there are times you are very detail-oriented. And there's times where Pastor Nate is coming to you about something and he's into the details and you're like, go ahead, go, fine, you do, I trust you, move on. 
but then there's times that you're very involved in the details and you were showing that, a reference me of more as a woman uh, in my home and into detail um, into details in certain things in the church but when I'm in a field that I know nothing about I don't try to say I know I want to be teachable and learn yes wow. then maybe one day I'll be able to have another worldview right and that's where I feel like some people have felt bad because they say if they didn't experience certain life experiences and they're ministering to people or people have made them feel like you know well you haven't gone through what I've gone through so you have nothing to say to me and I, and I admit to once feeling like that where it's like well I couldn't be to told anything because I'm like you don't know what I'm going through you don't know what that perspective is but I feel like this conversation will help heal that as someone mentioned in the comments as well it's like learning that that is a, a strength in you whatever experience you have good or sometimes yep. not in so great the Lord has used that for a great strength yeah I think we have to again part of my counseling learning to break bad habits this well I can't I can't I can't identify with you because you know I've never gone through that that's a really really bad habit Jesus didn't have to go through Jesus them. didn't have to go through you know some of the scenarios that our lives have gone through everyone goes through pain everyone goes through pain if I go through pain it doesn't matter how pain manifests in your life okay it might hit certain different trigger points but pain is pain suffering is suffering Jesus didn't have to be molested to understand the pain of what someone who's molested has gone through because that kind of worldview says until you've gone through what I've gone through you can't be used as an instrument to heal me and it's a really bad worldview that we've taken on we've said it oh well like I haven't suffered that so I can't help you and we've used it as an excuse to not get involved and we've let other people's use it as an excuse to keep us out but I've I've said a statement like that recently but in what I said was not I can't help you my words were I don't understand what you're going through and uh, you know admitting that but I certainly will be praying about that I certainly will take this on as a burden then the other part of that statement was but Lord if you know someone that can help and that is closer please bring them see it's not like saying well because I don't understand you know I don't I've never been through it therefore I can't understand or can't help you that's not true the word understand I don't understand the full pain you're going through this is where it is it's not I've got to understand by going through it myself and then I'll feel it no that is not the case at all but I can look at it and say well I don't understand the pain but what I do know is that I'll be praying that someone closer can get to you do you understand what I'm saying? And Pastor, what I want to add here, where interruptible argument is so important here in the level of like, you know, emotional healing is again, Jesus didn't have to go through it. 
what he felt was compassion for the person, mm. not compassion for their circumstance. Yeah, not not for this. <clears throat> and this is really important. The pain. Because we mistake compassion for the circumstance. That's why we find it sometimes really easy to have compassion for people that have gone through a lot of hard things in life. But we find it very hard to have compassion on someone that's just suffering from something that we consider, you know, minuscule. Trivial. You know? And again, this is important. If I only cling to people that have gone through what I've gone through, I don't have interruptible argument. I that's need somebody right. that hasn't gone through it because that's they bring right. a perspective that's of healing that someone else can Could. never bring. That's perspective to fight. That yes, perspective to not blame yourself. Right. Because if I only assimilate with someone that's can, gone through what I've gone through, say in the case of being, you know, abused, that person will always bring the, me back to that will part of blaming myself. We'll both end up depressed. There it is. We'll both end up in the space. And who do abused people go to to get counselling? People that have not gone through what they've gone through. Yeah, but... You know, because, you know, if they went through and they went to see people that are depressed, they'll stay depressed. And it. the people will stay depressed. And so the cycle will never be broken. And so this is another worldview that needs to change in the church. Go to someone who can help you. Don't go to someone just to listen and, and to tickle your ears. Next scenario. When your strength becomes a weakness, you were saying we can't stay looking at the building the same way for too long because then it's a weakness. Dr. Robin, you had done said that you gave an example of someone who is, I can't remember the exact word you used, so forgive me for this, but it was something along the lines that someone who's strong, that can, that's a strength, but it could become a weakness because that strength becomes like they start cutting people or being short. It was something along that lines. I don't know if you remember what you said uh, directly. I'll give Be it. Um, someone that's passive, we were talking about passivity, right? Mm. And someone that's very quiet spoken, according to them. Someone that's passive, in order for them to get confrontational, the only way that they do that is through the emotion of anger. Mm. So what they do is they learn to read the world that, like everyone knows, Dr. Robin is a, a prophet of power and confrontation and truth as well as grace and hope. Right. And we need that. And like I, this is the scenario of interruptible argument. I have been as her son in the past. I've judged her because I'm not as confrontational. I want to be more confrontational. Some people probably believe I'm really confrontational. But I want to be confrontational with effectiveness like her get to the heart of the truth straight away, get beyond the waffle. Now, because in my past personality expression, I've been more passive and I would only get confrontational through anger, every time she's become confrontational, I read it as she's angry because we read people the way that we are. But it's just her personality. She can be confrontational without being angry. She can look you right in the face and tell you you're off and not have a smidgen of anger behind her. And the importance, so adaptability. So as I'm watching her, I want to adapt to that personality expression. I want to move out of, hang on, this is a worldview I need to take on. I need to become more confrontational without anger and more confrontational with truth 
and then realize that you don't have to be angry to be confrontational. You have to be straight and bold, but it doesn't require anger. Yeah. That's, a comp that's something I'm watching her. And as I'm listening, I'm getting insight to why the strength is there when she confronts. Because she knows that she, she's backed by the Lord. Yeah. And I, my fear of confronting is because I know I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm not backed by the Lord. Okay, so well, I use anger as the mask. Yeah, that that's interesting, because then you don't you see why bother to take it inward, you know? I'm going to be having to take inward everything, because in a leadership role, people find it so easy to hurt, you know. I mean, because you know they feel it's their job to strip you down, you know what I mean, to keep you humble. I don't take any of that on. I let God take it on. I let and the a, Lord deal with it. Another example just for the creative, this is how it works. Like when we're leading Collide and when we do like, you know, rehearsals, I'm the leader. I'll have the final say. God always requires me to have the final say. But there are some things that I'm not, like I'm fully trained, went to Juilliard, been in the music industry. But there are some things that I am not confident that I know what I'm doing fully in. And I'm okay to admit that. Mm -hmm. So my interruption and of argument and thought comes with, if someone has an idea, I always want to hear that idea first. I'll say, all right, well, let's try it that way. And then let's try it this way. You know, that's just something practical. I don't go, nope, don't like that. No, we're not doing that. I'll go, right, can we hear what you have? And then we'll do it that way. And I'll go, okay, I heard it that way. And then I'll go, right, how do you want to do it? And then I'll hear it that way. Or I think... You know, can we do it something different? I think you take after me. me a multitude, multitude of counts. So true. And then the Lord requires me, no, Nathan, I want you to have the final say. And I say, okay, well, we did it that way and we did it that way, but this is the way I like, so this is the way we're going. And that's a multitude of counselors. So you, that's a you practical get advice. way. You yeah, get, I'm get always that. asking the Lord, show I, me. I where lead I don't that know. way. I lead that way, and when I have to make the final decision, I know it's my responsibility. But I'll lead that way. I want to go for it to get all my leadership to give me their their wisdom, and then I'll say, "Okay, I've got it all now. Now I'll take it back to the Lord, and I'll make that decision." Yeah, even the Lord has seven spirits, not just one, that He always uses to rely sure. on the other. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's something that practical. You can say, "Okay." Can I understand there might be a better way to do things? Let me hear your way. Yeah. Let me hear your way of thinking right now in this situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to show me a better way to wash the dishes? Okay. I'm just being practical, right? Right. Right, yeah, there's a better way of washing the dishes. Okay, a more effective way of cleaning my house. Don't take it personal. Get a different worldview. Open your mind to new information. You'll be blessed in the end. I well. think so. I think so. And it pulls you out of the rut. And if you're in depression, uh, guess what? By seeing something from a different perspective, you actually see some hope in it. Mm. Are we finished? Oh, you want to be? <laughs> I think well, we've been going. We've yeah, been so we giving can them quite a bit, quite a bit to think about. Very yeah, good. it's fine. Yeah. Well, guys, what I, do you think? Yeah, send Dr. Robin your hearts, please. 
Send a yo, somebody random. I'm just looking to see if there was any more questions. Any more questions, feel free to put them in the comments, and we'll go from there. There was one. Someone said, I know the cleaning one, Pastor Nate. And (laughs) on mission trips, Pastor Robin is like the queen of teaching you how to clean with more effectiveness when you live with her. (laughs) And she'll come in and she'll go, no, 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 no. You're not doing it right. Like, let me show you. We're on a mission trip where we need to be grateful. Someone's given up their house. We need to clean it. Make sure we keep it the way God wants us to. It is. It is. Always more effective ways. Boy, those opinions that be going through my mind sometimes about these more effective ways. Not your cleaning, Dr. Robin. Please, (laughs) not your cleaning. I'm saying like in general, like when I'm shown something else, I'll be like, wow, that seems harder or wow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, well, but it's, it's not like you said, but just Pastor Sonia it. will witness this. She has been one way to do with cleaning and a certain <laughs> thing for many years. And because she's allowed Pastor Robin to interrupt her and show her a better way, she gets compliments on her attention to detail at work with other people. I mean, Danielle, who used to work for us in the download at NLG, she had one way of doing publishing and she sat with Dr. Robin for years and was interrupted with different ways. And her college said, the training you've got is, you know, par to none. We can't teach you anything. You already know it all. Your your attention to detail is so good that she got high recommendations. Right. So the more adaptability you take on and the more interrupting argument you allow in your life, the more you will be blessed. Right. And that's what I was about to, that's what I was going to say earlier. He just reminded me of that. Like your mind always goes to the negative of that. It was like, oh, well, that's controlling. Oh, I already, you know, where it's like, no, you learn more detail or you learn more this. And I must say, I witnessed to that because... Cleaning under you, Dr. Robin. I have learned a lot of detail, but in a it's true. but it's like anyway. It I, I'm not gonna life. flatter. I ain't gonna flatter, but I'm gonna tell you about no, it after the show. Teach you about life. <laughs> it does. It know, does. Um, we have Christina helping with Ezekiel. I cannot do nope. what she can do. I mean, I just go so far with Zeke, and then I get you know quite frustrated because he won't do what he's told to do. You see. Is he awake? She <laughs> sits down there, takes no notice of his nose, and just says yes. And and she over, overtakes his nose, you know, with yeses. And the result of that is far. It's it's unbelievably fast. And so again, I realize, hang on a minute, this is something I can't do. I'm only too willing to work and get another idea, another perspective, another worldview. I want to be healthy in this. I don't want to be frustrated with my grandson because in my thinking, in my day, I would have said that's disobedient, that's naughty. That's, you, we need to deal with that, but we... We're dealing with different situations, so we need to have not, uh, you know, just this narrow-mindedness about what a worldview is. Your worldview is very, very (laughs) narrow-minded if you only listen to yourself. I'm finished. Good night. worldview is one that is completely different to our worldview. Dr. Robin is trying to leave the building. She is finished, she said. So we're going to give it a round of applause. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. 
here's an assignment. I like to give assignments, practical change assignments to finish this off. This week, as you go into your week, ask how many times can you be interrupted with your arguments about God, people, and yourself? Let's see how that challenge go. Okay, time to go home. Bye-bye now. Bye, we're going home. We haven't seen our home for a few days. Come on out, Zeke. <laughs> they said, get your sleep be interrupted. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is your talk yes. That's a part of that. Oh, it's Ziggy. Go, Ziggy, go. Ziggy, go. Oh, I can't cover your ears. Oh, oh, it's too much. It's too much. All right. We interrupted Come his on. argument Come too on. much. At once. Oh, wow. You're not used to pornosing? Wow. A book from Christina's. Right. A page from Christina's book. Come on, come, come on. on, see the price is right. The price of sleep. Come on, Zeke. Go, Zeke, go. Go, Zeke, go. Go, Zeke, go. Wow, he's gone. All right. He doesn't want to be interrupted. Go, Zeke, go. Come on, Zeke. I think he Anyway, bye guys. I think I'd be like that if I got interrupted from sleep I'm too. I'm trying to tell you. Bye everybody, we love bye. you. Portals is back. Portals is black. Back. <laughs>